Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Trent Smallwood and Jed May, and we are here once again talking UGA football recruiting. The 2023 signing period, the early signing period, has kind of come and gone, uh, and now we're going to analyze kind of what Georgia got in that class, that early signing class. Some of them already practicing in bowl preparation, uh, but guys, as we're coming – Literally off of Christmas Day, did you guys have a have a Merry Christmas? How's everything going over there in the Smallwood and May households? Yeah, good Christmas. Uh, we got got a little a um, little cold or something for Christmas. So that's always fun, but um, but yeah, it, it's good. We got there was some we got the added gift of having some football on yesterday. So um, you know, good uh, good weekend. Just all weekend was good weekend. Trent, yeah, the kiddos enjoy it. Uh, they enjoyed it. It was. Uh... Uh, you know, you 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 spend two. Well, I don't. But the wife spends two months, a month and a half, gearing up, buying gifts, and it's just over in like thirty-two seconds. So uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was good. It was quick for sure. Absolutely. It, you know, that it's kind of like a you know football game, right? Especially not not much different than what the college football playoff teams are about to do. A lot of game planning, a lot of prepping, and then in a matter of what seems minutes when it goes through, it's, it's done with. So uh, speaking of that, the team's arriving in Atlanta today for the Peach Bowl, the college football playoff semifinal between Georgia and Ohio State. Uh, we've got all the coverage over there, so make sure you're a member of UGA Sports to catch all of that. And then, of course, our recruiting coverage that we have uh, here, our show each and every Monday night that we have for you that's available on podcast the next day. And then, of course, all the, the the news, the information, the scoop that comes with the vault, and uh, got another signing period that's going to be coming up in February. Still, a couple of targets out there that Georgia's going to uh, probably go after here in that in that class. But guys, we this is the first time that we've really had a, a chance to all get together and talk since the signing period has been completed, and since uh, Georgia kind of went went crazy in the transfer market. After not taking any last year, they get two splash hits over there with Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett, two of the uh, more, I guess, well-known targets out there and and two really good SEC-caliber receivers. What are your guys' thoughts on on what Georgia has done so far in the transfer portal and what they're getting? Uh, Trent, we'll start with you and then, then go to Jed. Yeah, and I, I think I think uh, with Darnell Washington leaving this offense, you're going to see uh, more of a different offense next year, and not not necessarily center around 12 personnel, 13 personnel, or it'll be more 11 personnel with Brock. And then I'm not saying George's going to completely go away from that, but I, I would say the majority uh, there's going to be more wide receivers on the field. And uh, you know, George didn't have the wide receivers necessarily this year, or well, and they were lucky enough to have two of the best tight ends in the country to offset that. But next year. You'll have Brock, and then you'll have some youth at tight end, and I expect Georgia to go to more of a wide receiver and you, you bringing in one of the best slot receivers that Georgia's played uh, in Dominic Lovett and, uh, and, and, you know, letting him come in and fill uh, uh, Kyrus Jackson's shoes with him with him leaving. And, uh, and Dominic Blaylock uh, also uh, could be leaving as he walked on senior day. And then uh, Rara Thomas, a, a true outside target that can uh, then go up win one-on-one battles. And, uh, you know, you got and you still have A.D. Mitchell coming off injury. So um, I think Georgia has not only that uh, they've added some veteran leadership to that group and some proven skill at that group. 
to kind of uh, help these younger guys? Because I think the, the the guys they brought in are elite as well. Jed, yeah. what do you think, man? <clears throat> I mean, we, it's like Kirby Smart always says, you cater your – I mean, I guess specifically on offense, your play calling, your um, scheme stuff to the players you got. This year, like you said, Trent, they've gone with 12 personnel a lot because that's the strength of – of the team is you've got the best tight end room in the country. Now next year, knowing that you're going to be um, using more receivers, they attacked that that position really hard in the portal. And you look forward, there's, there's the smoke, no pun intended, around smoke buoy is another guy that could be coming in. And, um, you know, getting those guys on campus, or I don't know if they're on campus right now, but they'll be here in the spring and, and building um, those relationships with, with whoever's going to end up being the starting quarterback next year. So it's huge. I mean, it's – Kirby Smart has said – because he's been asked in the lead up to these bowl games, you know, what, what, why did you not go to the portal last year? He's like, he went, we, we went to the portal. He said, like, we, yeah. we, we just struck out. So this year they didn't strike out. Kirby's um, terms right there saying <laughs> landing, landing two of their top guys and, um, and, and, and more to, more to come, maybe. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing that I was talking to. I was talking to my good good friend Tavares King uh, and Sean Marino. We, we we do a show each week, and we were talking, and and uh, Tavares and I are kind of on the thoughts of okay, when you look at Georgia wide receivers, Dominant Lovett may be the most dynamic Georgia wide receiver in terms of a slot guy, not excluding George Pickens on the outside, since McCole Hardman and Isaiah McKenzie, like. There's not really been another guy since then. He he fits that mold, Trent, and he can – I mean, he can take the top off and also he can really work people underneath. I think that's something that Georgia hasn't had, like I said, since since Hardman or since uh, since Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, definitely. And then the way the way Munkin likes to get his playmakers out in space and uh, and bringing him in and, and bringing Rara Thomas in, who's a, a, a proven guy, uh, even a proven blocker out wide uh, in the SEC – um, just bringing those guys in, uh, but yeah, definitely. I think Dominic Lovett could to make a huge impact. Will he have eight hundred thousand yards? I don't know, but he came here for a reason, and he came here because he felt like he could be developed to go uh, make that next move to the NFL. And I think Georgia uh, having um, him along with the guys that they have on campus, they could really uh, be that dynamic in the passing game next year. Now you you talked about uh we, we talked about love it right there but but Ra Ra himself I mean you you mentioned it uh, the physicality he's the guy I believe listed it at six two he just seems like he's got a bigger frame and also he was repeatedly it seemed like at his time at Mississippi State hitting the hitting the home run ball so getting that uh you know getting that yards after after catch the the average yards per catch up there something that. Georgia at times has struggled with, especially when AD Mitchell has out uh, been out at the wide receiver position. So, I think it's Jed. I think it's not just one guy and then another guy that's kind of an afterthought. I think it's two huge pickups for Georgia in terms of receiver. Yeah, and they play two different. I mean, the way Georgia uses, they use guys all over the field, but they're two different guys, like you said, Dominic Lovett. I mean, when you think of Kiaris Jackson, who has filled that kind of role, you don't necessarily think dynamic explosive athlete Kiaris Jackson's a very good football player but he's more of like a a technician like a you know he's, he's a solid guy but not necessarily a, a the term grit the term grit comes to mind exactly yeah exactly he's he's a different kind of of good football player Dominic Lovett brings just another level of athleticism to that spot and then uh, with Ra Ra Thomas you think of what Marcus Rosemary Jack Saints been able to do this year another big bodied guy lines up on the outside most of the time 
Um, and, and, you know, it, with AD with AD Mitchell and, and Marcus Rosemary, Jack Saint, and those guys, um, you know, potentially complementing that room next year as well. It's just another big body. So um, definitely two different guys, but two guys that are really going to help this offense next year. Yeah, looking looking at Levitt's uh, highlights, just watching the slot fades and just watching him win one on one battles against the nickel cornerback or or safety. Um, I mean, that's just something that George's been missing, and uh, in the offense, somebody that can really just. Uh, you can go out there and count on taking the top off. You know, you kind of you kind of look at Arian Smith as that guy, but he has he has less than ten total receptions in his career. So um, they've really missed that uh, you know big play guy, and I think uh, Lovett can definitely be that. Yeah. So two big pickups there. Um, and now let's turn our attention to the actual signing class. Uh, Georgia brings in a couple five stars right off the bat that we have to look at here on the on the edge on defense. Two. Much like we said with, with Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovick at receiver, Samuel and Pimba and Damon Wilson are two different type guys. But I don't think, Jed, that there could have been a better performance for Chadera Uzo Deribe than in his first class getting those two. And oh, by the way, another top 100, actually top 50 player in Gabe Harris that's going to be added into that mix as well. Uh, Uzo Deribe probably uh, earned himself a little. Uh, raise at the end of the year when when things when things Kirby's going through the Excel spreadsheet there. Well the crazy thing about it is when you look at the five stars and Damon Wilson and and Sam and Pimba, not only are those two top twenty guys or whatever they're rated now, those are guys that Georgia wasn't even really like leading for when, when Uzo Dreba got the job. We knew about Gabe Harris. George was really in on him uh with with Dan Lanning in town. But I mean Uzo Dreve just gets here and and it, the, both of the recruitment of the guys just takes off. I um, remember we all remember Damon Wilson that first official visit weekend in June. There was that huge. I'm, I'm getting echoed. My point is uh, so good. Um, they brought in all those, you know, Caleb Downs, Justice Haynes. They're like, oh, who's this other guy that's here? It was Damon Wilson in town for a multi-day unofficial, and and Samuel and Pimba as well was was in Athens about every weekend this fall. It seemed like so it was an amazing job. Two different guys, different skill sets. Um, I think you've got a better chance of seeing Damon Wilson on the field next year just because of how raw um, Samuel and Pimba is at that position. But they've both just got super, super um, high ceilings of that outside linebacker edge spot. Trent, I think that uh, – I think when it comes to, like Jed pointed out, different different guys, you've got guys who were – oh, well, I was talking to Trent, okay. and now he's gone. So we'll just, we'll just go us two for a minute. Here's what I think. Oh, he's back with us. Let's go with Trent. Sorry for the technical difficulties. All right, Trent. So as Jed was saying right there, two different skill sets when it comes down to uh, Mpemba and, and Wilson, more of that edge rusher, that true guy that's going to get after the quarterback. Not saying that Mpemba can't, but Wilson is more of that guy. Um, but it's also important to have that guy who is going to to set the edge and be able to make sure, okay, you're not going to run wide zone over here. You're not gonna you're not gonna you know sneak out the the back on a on a counter or or on a on a zone play because. We're gonna we're gonna have it shut down and we're gonna be gap gap control with a big body. I mean, and Pimba six foot five, two fifty four. That's huge for the way Georgia plays defense. Yeah, and I think you'll uh, you know we, we always talk about <clears throat> we think Damon Wilson's more ready to play day one, which I do think from a pass rushing standpoint that he is uh, better because I think Mpimba's a little raw. But having Mpimba and Gabe Harris, I think those can be two uh, base guys that can play on early downs. 
um, because uh, they can uh, win battles and, 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 you know, stop the run and do things like that. And I think Wilson can be that, uh, you know, uh, come in on the pass, the pass wrestling specialist and, uh, uh, you know, make a name for himself year one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we, we talked about, you know, wide receiver earlier in this class. Uh, and, and by the way, before I move on, we don't want to, we don't want to rush over Gabe Harris. Gabe Harris is a guy who went down to IMG and, uh, at, we got, it. we were getting reports when he got down to IMG that, man, this kid's, you know, kicking a lot of people's tails down here at, at IMG and that's supposed to be the cream of the cream of the crop. So Gabe Harris definitely, uh, just because he doesn't have that fifth star beside his name doesn't mean he couldn't have potentially as, as big of an impact as the other two. Very, very athletic, very big, ideal size. So, like we said, the edge, the outside linebacker group really got taken care of. Then I said we talked about wide receiver in the transfer portals. Guys, I think maybe the second the second most impressive haul right there with inside linebacker, but we'll talk about receiver first, is the wide receiver position, what Georgia went out and did in this early signing period. The speed, the amount of speed that Georgia brought in and in some size with Tyler Williams, but Jed, that, that we're talking about like guys that are known as the quote unquote track guys, but man, they, they do more than that. They're, they're solid route runners with uh, really good hands as well. So Brian McClendon doing his thing in this class. Yeah. You've got, I mean, two, four, three, 40 yard dash guys and you see Haynes and Anthony Evans. And both of those guys, by the way, were uh, flips. You see Haynes from Penn state and Anthony Evans. Um, from Oklahoma, so that's another, you know, feather in the cap to to work extra hard to get uh, get those guys pried away from their old schools. And then Tyler Williams, he's got the size. He he's in the four fours or low low four fives, I think, Blaine. And he's like he gets forgotten about as the slow guy. Like it, it it's amazing the the athleticism that Brian McClendon's brought in. There's Raymond Cottrell, who is committed, not signed yet. Um, as, as another, you know, kind of like we were talking about Ra Ra Thomas, a big framed kind of guy on the outside. Um, so it's it, it's crazy because we've all heard and, and read on the vault the Georgia can't recruit receivers, good receivers don't want to come to Georgia, and all this kind of stuff. The, the, the receivers Georgia brought in this year are pretty dang good. When you look at it as a whole, you know, a, a collective group of guys, it's it's one of the more impressive groups in the country. Trent, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, you know. Uh, you, Looking back, and and you know they they've been recruiting the speed for a couple of years, but they haven't been re- recruiting speed as uh, I guess from a true um, football standpoint uh, as an overall receiver. I think Anthony Evans is a is a not only a speedster or a track guy, but he is just a true uh, you know polished receiver and uh, a, a good route runner. Uh, he's a he's got the ability to uh, make people miss in open space, and I think that's one thing Arian Smith lacks. Uh, and, and I saw that in the LSU game when they threw him a swing pass out, and he's got the overall speed. They just don't have that ability to, you know, make people miss. And uh, Anthony Evans has that. You see, Haynes has that. I think that's two receivers that, uh, it, even though we're talking about the four-three speed, uh, they have the ability after the catch to make people miss. They have the uh, ability, uh, the the route running ability. Um, so they're more polished receivers and not just overall speedsters uh, coming in. Yeah, those are the two groups that if I was going to give a grade, um, like we said, outside linebacker, edge defender first, and then wide receiver, those are the two that would get the straight-up 
A grade, probably A plus for outside outside linebacker, in my opinion, what Georgia brought in this class. And then in that A minus level, uh, I would probably drop in there to um, and remember when you're the number two team in the in the class i mean you're gonna have really high grades here i would probably drop in inside linebacker and and tied in in that group because my goodness uh you know glenn schumann and todd hartley it's just like they they say every year they're like oh yeah watch this because they're just gonna go get a guy that they want and bring him in uh you know that tight end group so talented in in pierce sperlin and lawson lucky pierce coming back off injury but six foot six 240 pounds that's a, I mean, I know Darnell is like, you know, 6'8", 280, but the the way that Pierce moves with the size that he has, Jed, I think, it, you know, it, he's a little bit different than Georgia's had with any of these tight ends so far. Yeah, I'll be honest. When I read, like you said, 6'7", 240 on the, the signee release or whatever Georgia put, I was shocked. I was like, am I reading the wrong – like, who am I reading the wrong guy? I, I could not believe he had – I mean, the height, like, I kind of got – because, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen him in person. And, and the weight just – because we've talked about him before as this guy that's – he's more of a just a big receiver. And he's going to have to come in and learn to block and all this kind of stuff. And he's still going to have to learn those things. But, like, 240 is a lot more in line with, with what Georgia wants their tight ends to be at than, like, the 220 range. So, um, that's just – and then you've already got Lawson Lucky, who's – you know, uh, Trent, you were talking about playing less 12 personnel – Next year, Lawson Lucky's that guy who's like that traditional John Fitzpatrick, Darnell Washington, um, just road grader as a blocker type. So uh, with those two guys, again, kind of like we were talking about um, with the outside linebackers and transfer receivers, different guys, different skill sets, but guys that that fit what Georgia wants to do really well. Trent, you know, he, he just talked about 12 personnel and Lawson Lucky. I think people just don't realize until you go watch Lawson play – in person, I mean, he's a he's a mauler when you're talking about blocking. Like he he enjoy it's it's rare to get high school tight ends that enjoy the blocking aspect of the game as much, if not more so, than catching the football. He's plenty talented catching the football, running routes. But I was I was so impressed with his blocking when I went and watched him in, in person this year, and I think he he's potentially somebody that can make an impact next year if uh, if he fits into that certain role Georgia does want to go 12 personnel like Jed said yeah and, and the way the tight end has uh changed with the spread offenses they're more like a uh a fourth wide receiver coming out of uh high schools and the way he takes pride and uh in the blocking um you know is definitely something that that, that you know where he could play right uh you know right away because um Georgia is definitely gonna uh you know Miss Miss Darnell, and <laughs> there's definitely going to be situations where they have that second or third and one, and they're trying to punch one. And um, you, you need those guys. You need that. You need to get in the twelve personnel or even thirteen personnel. And and having a guy like Lawson who is uh coming in and he's a uh, willing and, and and very good blocker will definitely uh get him on the field sooner than later. Absolutely. So like I said, I'd probably give them that 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 tight end position and maybe the in the A minus group and right there in that same group. I'd probably give uh, inside linebackers, like I said, because Glenn Schumann just goes out. And the only reason is is because I think there's some questions at times with uh, some of the some of the foot speed maybe of, of a C.J. Allen. Is he really that fast or is it is it the 
you know, double-A competition. He's facing over there at Lamar County. He, he just runs past all those guys at running back and, and, on, the, and on the field. So you, there's always those questions when you're making that jump from low high school ball, you know, a low classification up to, up to college. But 6'1", uh, 220, C.J. Allen all over the field. Of course, Redland Wilson may be the best overall athlete in the class, just naturally gifted how he can run and, and the, the freakish things he can do. And then Troy Bowles. He's a guy who he's been around football, knows football his, his entire life. But the only thing that gives me a question there, Trent, is watching a lot of the the film down there at, at Jesuit, Troy Bowles was used a lot at safety this year. They dropped him back and played safety. So if he's if he's playing safety a lot of times, so I'm like, does he have to relearn some of that inside linebacker stuff? Like, you know, like what's uh what's your thoughts on that? But in terms of athletically, I think it's a minus. I mean, bring in another talented trio of inside linebackers, and Georgia continues to to rebuild. Yeah, I just feel like from a football knowledge, uh, and you know, you know, having having a dad as a head coach in the NFL, and then going to Kirby, uh, I don't think the um, the learning process whether whether or not he, you know, I did see him play a lot of safety in, in high school, but I, I think the learning curve there will be much less for him than uh, other players, given the knowledge he probably has of the game of football. You know, I kind of look at him as somebody who's probably the captain of the defense here in a couple of years, just from a simple knowledge standpoint and how to line people up and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, and and C.J. Allen, um, I I think, uh, you know, just watching the tape, he has uh, his his tape's just so impressive. I mean, whether it's running back or linebacker, um, you know, speed speed wise, uh, it might take some time to get up to speed wise from the uh, you know move from double A to the SEC, but uh, but I look at him as as a guy who could uh, that special teams player early, and then uh, you know uh, in a couple of years move his way up, and then you know and Raylan Wilson, he's just a guy that that you know kind of like Jalon Walker who who can put on the field in third down situations and and put him out there and make plays. So um, yeah, I mean those that trio. Um, it it'll kind of get overshadowed with what what Georgia has coming back next year, and you might not see them on the field as much as some of these other signees. But uh, it is a talented trio for sure. Well, you know who that sounds a lot like, Jed. That sounds a lot like the trio of Jamon Dumas, Johnson, Smile Munden, and Xavier. Sorry that came in two two recruiting classes ago. Got to sit back and learn uh, behind Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, and the Kobe Dean, and now this year uh, at least two of those three are playing major roles. Um, in this in this Georgia defense in the 2022 season, yeah, and and it's it's remarkable the I don't know lineage or whatever at that position because you went from <clears throat> Roquan Smith to Tay Crowder, which by the way, if, if you're Glenn Schumann and you're going into a into CJ Allen's living room and, and you're trying to sell development, look at Tay Crowder who was a freaking running back for two years when when he got to Georgia and is now. He just got waived by the Giants, but he went from Mr. Mr. Irrelevant to starting for the Giants. I mean, that speaks for itself. But from him, Damani Rice, to Nicobe Dean, to, to Jamon Dumas-Johnson, it's amazing. The Like you said, like you guys said, they, they, they always reload. They always had that guy in the middle of the defense that's really, really good. And you look at all these guys, they're modern inside linebackers. They can go sideline to sideline. They've all got great speed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like you said, Blaine, it's a really, really – really impressive group one of the best on the team in this class yeah and then i think that you know defensive tackle you could put right there with it in terms of how well they did but you know 
the true defensive linemen in this class, there's only two of them. They wanted to add, I think, another one with a guy like, you know, whether it would have been a David Hobbs, who was more of a, a tweener type guy, but ends up going to Tennessee. Um, there was a couple other guys that they, they had their eyes on, but they end up getting Jamal Jarrett and Jordan Hall. And Trent, there's already been all these comparisons out there, and naturally so because of the, the size of the two and the athleticism of the two to uh, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. If, if, if Jamal Jarrett and Jordan Hall get even close to that, I think Kirby Smart and Trey Scott would have to be uh, ecstatic about the haul that they brought in on the interior defensive line in the class of 2023. Yeah, I look at, uh, you know, Jamal Jarrett as, you know, that that big run stuffer. Um, and, you know, probably I think they reported at 370. Um, 378. To Jordan, 378. <laughs> um, so, He'll have to uh, he'll have to get his body in the shape and and stuff like that. And I, I know uh, Jordan Davis was very similar when he came in, but for Hall, I mean, I, I think Hall could be very special. Um, he, he's he's athletic. He 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 comes in like a guy like Devontae Wyatt or even a guy like uh, Jalen Carter out of Florida. Um, just athletic. Uh, probably play a lot of uh, at the three or could even slide him out and play it at the five, similar to what Jalen Carter does. And uh, I, I mean, I, I think that kid could be very special. Um, I, I, you know, I, I just look at that line uh, uh, at the Georgia has and having Jalen Hall and Barry Alexander on the same, uh, you know, at de- defense tackle on the same line. Uh, I mean, that could be scary for, for Georgia's defense line in the next couple of years. Yeah, and Jed mentioned the word uh, lineage a while ago, whether it's defensive tackle or out, uh, inside linebacker. Georgia's got a great – you know, kind of history there. Well, another peop, another company, an entity that has a great history would be Turner Wooden Smith. You need to make sure you check out Turner Wooden Smith Insurance, uh, sponsor of UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. Auto Owners Insurance is in cooperation with them. Life, home, car, business. They'll take care of your policies. Turner Wooden Smith takes care of your customer service. Make, make sure to get you all set up. And the reason I say they have a great lineage and heritage over there because they've both been around for over 100 years. They'll treat you right. Make sure to check out Turner Wood and Smith Insurance uh, in cooperation with auto owners. All right, so we're, we, we've talked a lot about the class of 2023. Offensive line is – I, that is a that is one that I wouldn't give an A quite yet. Now, honest, honestly, there's parts of it that I would. Bo Hewley, I think, has a chance to develop into uh, – I don't think he's a finished product by any means, but I think he has a chance to really develop into something special because of that, you know, frame. I mean, he's 6'7", uh, close to 300 pounds. He can move. He's You see what he does on the basketball court. He's, he's athletic. Um, and then, of course, Monroe Freeling, the same kind of mold. He's gotten his way up to 300 pounds. He's between, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, in there. Um, but some, some pieces, I think, that have to come in and kind of will be developing over the next couple of years. Kelton Smith – uh, Joshua Miller, who they flipped from Penn State. And then uh, a guy that they got committed late from Brunswick, another big frame guy, uh, Jamal Merriweather, has not signed yet. We'll, we'll probably sign in February. Um, Jed, uh, your assessment of this offensive line haul for Georgia. Yeah, and, and I think it's a little bit like the – the class they signed last year, because you look at those guys, Jacob Hood, we're like, okay, he's a, he's a really big frame guy on the outside. Um, Kenitsa Town to develop. Ernest Green was kind of the, the the bell cow of the class, and and he's he's been out for a lot of this year with with the back injury. But um, yeah, I think 
you look at what they brought in at tackle specifically with Merriweather, Freeling, and Hewley, all those guys kind of project on the outside. They're they're big, long, rangy, athletic guys, like a little different, um, I guess, prototype than than some of the linemen you've seen at Georgia before. And that's what that's just what um, Stacy Cyril has targeted this cycle. That those are the guys he's looking for, and they've all got they've all got really good potential. I think they're all going to need to do some developing this spring for you look at a guy like Monroe Freeling. This spring is going to be critical for him to see if he can maybe work his way to being a possible reserve piece um, this fall, because, you know, the depth chart, especially, you know, depending on how things shake out, uh, could be a little iffy. So uh, those guys all need time to develop like any lineman that, that comes in, but um, they've all got, they've all got really high ceilings for sure. Brett Womack's calling his shot, saying that uh, Freeland's going to be an all-SEC tackle. So mark it down now. We can mark it uh, 28-47 on, on uh, Rumors versus Facts, December 26th. Brett Womack says all-SEC tackle. Uh, so, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the, the, the class here so far, Trent, and then what you can't forget about uh, is, you know, Georgia brings in one running back and Roderick Robinson, who we've talked about kind of uh, agnosium here, how big he is, how how – um versatile he is even for his size uh and georgia you know who knows how they may address they may stay pat they uh, stay in pat they may end up going and addressing uh the the second maybe running back slot there between now uh and and spring ball whether that's transfer portal or whether that's another back in this class um but you know del mcgee kirby smart uh todd munkin all had to Really like this kid from uh, San Diego, uh, California, to spend the time and resources to to go out there and, and recruit him and make him a part of this class. Yeah, and I I think uh, a lot of people look at you know Georgia's running back class and and feel like Dell struck out in this class, and I don't feel like he did because he, he went out and, and got uh, Roger Robinson, who is you know he he might be you know a, a little bit lower ranked than uh, than Justice. But I, I think he's an elite back in this class. <clears throat> he has the size. He has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. He has everything Georgia wants <clears throat> in this offense. So, uh, uh, and, and you know, I, th- I think they're going to wait and see on the second back. I think I think um, you, you could see you could see four backs return for Georgia. Uh, you could see Kenny McIntosh as the only guy that that leads the program. And if that's the case, and Georgia have a better understanding of that uh, here in a couple weeks. And, and and they'll um, then go to the portal or, or add another back in this class if, if need be. But uh, if they do return four, I expect Georgia to stay pat with uh, just Roderick. Yeah, I mean it, it'll be it, if if everything stays status quo, goes as we expect it to. Looks like from everything we've heard that that I, I believe that Ken uh, Kendall Milton would would be returning next year. That would be my gut feeling, and so you'd have him and Dejan Edwards, and of course Branson Robinson, Andrew Paul returning from in- injury, and then Roger Robinson there. So five uh, really talented running backs that, and just kind of the number that Georgia likes to to have stocked up there. So that would be be the case there. And then the the other side of the ball, uh, we would have to go to DB. I, you know. Again, it's kind of almost like offensive offensive line for me. Some really, really high caliber targets, and then some other guys I think that are going to have to get in there and adjust to to SEC uh, SEC ball. How how you know Georgia does things in their system. Uh, heck, Kyron Jones is going to have to 
really learn uh, d- defensive back a good bit. He played mostly running back and in high school was committed as a running back at NC State. So, but guys, what's your assessment of the defensive defensive back class before we start going to uh, questions and, and looking ahead to 2024? What do you think about Georgia's defensive back call this time around? I mean, I think you look at what they brought in at corner last year and, and that that covered is fairly well stocked. They needed a safety. Like, they needed that pure safety, like a Malachi Starks from last year. Obviously, they, re- they really went after Caleb Downs, who ended up signing with Alabama. Jonel Aguero was really good as well. He kind of gets overshadowed because there's so much angst over missing on downs, but Jonel Aguero is, is a really good player, a guy who could – I mean, I, I, he probably won't start day one um, like Malachi Starks, but he's a guy who – could cross-train multiple positions, could be a, a piece used at star, at safety. Um, you know, could could even play on the outside, maybe. It, I mean, he's he's a really good versatile guy. So I think they got that need. Then you look at some of these other guys, AJ Harris is is a very well um, you know, well-refined guy already. But like, like you said, some of these guys, Kyron Jones will need to develop. Justin Rett's a guy who probably will need to develop. Um, Daniel Harris is is a long rangey guy who who's gonna need to to kind of Daniel Harris just needs to eat. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Harris needs to, uh, you know, hit McDonald's about four or five times a week, and he'll be right in business. So he get on that Chad Ocho Cinco diet when he was playing yeah. over here. Just, I mean, just. But, but with those guys, I mean, the thing about all these guys that have been brought in is that none of them are going to be brought in and say, okay, like we're going to have to throw you out there day one, no matter what. They're all probably going to have time to develop, and if they prove to be the the best guy for job X, whatever, then great. Um, but none of them are going to. Um, really be thrown into the fire probably from day one. So they'll have that time to learn. Several of those guys are already on campus. Like I know AJ Harris is and, and Jonel Aguero is rolling early as well. So, um, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of good potential um, in that defensive backfield, which you expect from a Kirby smart and Will Muschamp team. Trent, uh, I know that the main thing you wanted to talk about before we got on here was the place kicker, Peyton Woodring. And that's the last one we, we haven't talked about in this class. Uh, Big leg coming from uh, Cajun country down there. He, he, Jed and I were talking uh, last episode how he hit hit one from 60. It looked like it had been good from 65 to 67 yards. I mean, he drilled it over there. And, you know, uh, Pod Lesney probably gone after this year. So, you know, I don't know what – I listen, it's hard to keep up with eligibility now with COVID year and all that kind of stuff. But I think he'll be moving on and Georgia will be looking for another place kicker. Peyton Woodring uh, is a guy who has a – we know he has a big enough leg. Uh, now there's a lot more things that go into it, but man, uh, Georgia and a three-star kicker—that's not a—that's not something to, to scoff at. Usually, kickers don't even get stars. Yeah, uh, I think uh, he's got big shoes to fill coming after um, Hot Rod and then Pod Lesney. Uh, the way they kick for Georgia, and uh, the, you know, Georgia has a high standard for kickers, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, him coming in with a big leg probably compete with Zirkle and uh and see who wins that job but he, he'll have every chance to win that job as a freshman um you know coming from the boot as a, a, a having the boot and uh he, he definitely has the leg uh like you said a lot a lot more goes into kicking than than just being able to uh, kick the ball 60 yards uh, a lot of mental and stuff like that but uh but I you know I, I think he's a, a special kicker that that can compete for the job day one so that is your class of 2023 analysis so far, the early signing period. Let's go ahead and get to some questions because we had some questions uh, that, that pertain to what could be uh, of the rest of it here. 
And uh, the first one, Jed, comes from uh, Darth Janus again. Yeah, it says, how do you expect the rest of this class to fill out? What are some positions and names we could look at in terms of the portal? And thanks, guys, and happy holidays from Dallas. So happy holidays to you as well, uh, Mr. Darth. Yeah, we appreciate that. Happy hol holidays to our uh, Star Wars friend over there. Um, you know, Trent, really, uh, you you kind of brought it to our attention, you know, maybe, I don't know, six weeks out from the early sign period, be like, listen, uh, I think Georgia's got a little bit more of a shot than people are talking about with this uh, this Deuce Robinson character um, and uh, big, big tight end, plays like a receiver, of course, uh, from out, out west. Um and it really – people thought it was a USC-Texas battle for a while. Now Georgia's squarely in this one. That's probably the biggest name that you're looking at in terms of the, the remainder of the high school class here, and I'm sure there'll be some unknowns pop up. But what's your assessment as we uh, kind of are making the turn here and heading into the, the next year and into that February signing period? Yeah, I think all the focus is on Deuce and then, uh, you know, signing Merriweather and, and, and Cottrell still unsigned. But I think uh, uh, Deuce is the main target. I think you'll probably see his name pop up about 742 times on the vault over the next month because that is the guy that uh, that uh, all the focus is around. Um, Kirby saved his in-home, so he'll probably take that in-home in late, late January. Um, I, you know, you got to like where Georgia stands. Uh, Todd Hartley has been able to, to close on tight ends. Uh, you know, the way Georgia uses that position and, uh, uh, and, and, you know, there's also the baseball aspect, but, um, you know, I, I like where Georgia stands as of today. Um, I, I think Georgia has a really good chance to add him as a third tight end. And we've been hinting that Georgia could lose as many as four tight ends off this year's roster. And, uh, with, with Gilbert hitting the portal and, uh, Darnell Washington, um, uh, it, it, it headed off to NFL more than likely. And then, uh, Rowan and uh, Brett Sather, uh, you know, don't know what their future holds, but they both did walk on senior day. So you could be looking at four departing tight ends and, uh, you know, Georgia, Georgia could pull in the, that third one and, and, and all eyes and focus are on uh, Deuce right now. Yeah. And when he, the second part of that question, it says, what are some positions and names that we could look at in terms of the, the portal? I think the only name that is really out there that you could go and tag and say, and, uh, you know, Smoke Bowie is probably a guy who who you're looking to to be a part of the of the Georgia team after uh, you know after everything gets settled down here, CFP, all that kind of stuff may may even be afterwards of that. But I, I would expect him to to end up being a, a part of this this portal class, I guess. Bainbridge guy, everybody he was committed to Georgia at one point. But the positions, Trent and Jed, and Jed, I'll go to you. The positions, I think, you know, Trent just mentioned tight end. There's there, there's going to be some some guys leaving there. Uh, I think they're they're the other positions. They're just kind of under. They don't have the numbers that they would necessarily like uh, at wide receiver at DB, and they addressed wide receiver DB being the other one. Probably uh, a a guy another guy on the edge, maybe an experienced guy on the edge. And I could even see, I could even see a, uh, a defensive tackle maybe in there. So I think those are the positions I'm kind of, kind of trending toward right now. I don't think all those names are even in the portal yet that they would go, that they would go after. Yeah. I think those are the main positions. I mean, they could maybe take a, a portal running back. I mean, you can't rule that out, but like the main guy was kind of Marshawn Lloyd when that kind of, 
when when he entered the portal, then there hadn't really been a whole lot of traction there. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just bringing in experience. Those are positions when you you mentioned defensive tackle and um, edge. Those are get positions that not even necessarily short on talent. Just there's not a, won't be a real veteran guy that's been through. I mean, who's the most experienced edge that'll be back next year as of now? Like Chaz Chambliss, who, who's who's been a reserve. Uh, most of his Georgia career until the last four or five games with Nolan Smith out. So just bringing in an, a veteran guy, not even necessarily a game record type. I mean, like you said, Blaine, Kirby Smart's going to bring in guys who are going to play from day one, but um, a veteran presence even to add to those rooms could be something they look at. And 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 don't forget, there could be a lot of guys. I mean, the next portal window opens. In, in there's one for like 15 – well, there's one for like 15 days, I think, in January, and then after that, the next one opens up. That second one will be after spring ball, that second wave when guys get yeah. disgruntled uh, mm-hmm. because they didn't win the job, you know, Trent, and they decide to go hit the portal. But I think that's uh, that's kind of – would you agree those positions, Trent, that we're kind of kind of looking at other than how Georgia's already addressed wide receiver, probably, probably another a DB or two with smoke, and then uh, – you know, whether it's another an experienced edge guy or an experienced defensive lineman to kind of sure up the front of that defense. Yeah, I think it'll be an assessment after Georgia plays in this playoff and uh, get the playoffs over, see who's exactly leaving the program. You'll have a better understanding of what, uh, uh, you know, depth-wise needs you need. Um, the one area I look at is maybe the five tech on defensive lineman. You had Michael Williams forced into action, and he's been dang, it's been very good uh, playing a lot of snaps. Uh, they probably need some depth at that position. Um, and like you said, DB, I, I think the one one position that they wanted to address quickly was wide receiver, and they did so. And uh, and, and everything else, I, I think it's a wait and see. See who see who leaves and goes to the portal at DB. See who uh, you know maybe defensive line. See who goes to the portal. Um, they've kind of addressed inside linebacker and what they have coming back with the starters they have coming back next year. I don't think that'll be a need. And uh, I, you know I, they, they don't really. Yeah, you know, I haven't. They haven't taken an offensive lineman, um, but um, I don't think there'll be much need there. So I think running back and uh, defensive lineman would be something to monitor. Defensive back uh, and, and see what guys actually leave the program and see what depth needs to be filled. Yeah, uh, Big Dog wants to know when all is said and done, in your opinion, will Raymond Cuttrell and Deuce Robinson sign with this class? So if we're calling the shots today, I would say Raymond Cuttrell. I mean, he. Listen, all you can do is take the take the young man at his word. And he came out with Ryan Wright at Rivals and said, "Yes, I'm I'm gonna gonna sign with Georgia. Just gotta be patient." Uh, I think it's a numbers thing right now. You know, they brought in the two two portal guys, Trent. There's still that 85 that you got to navigate and in and out around. So I think that's that's kind of the deal there. Um, obviously, there were some teams trying to get in only late, but I think it's more of a logistics type thing than it is a legitimate. You know, maybe ended up elsewhere. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and I think people got to understand that it, you can't just take unlimited early enrollees. Uh, you know, you still, like you said, you still got to be at that 85. So whatever whatever guys you, you feel like are leaving the program, you, that's how many early enrollees. You can only be at that 85. You can't be at 87 going into spring and, and having two uh, over. So so really, really I think uh, it, it is a numbers thing. Uh, you can only take so many early enrollees, and he just happened to be the one that they got asked to, to wait till February and, and wait till uh, the summer to enroll. And uh, I think uh, all that's been worked out and I expect him, um, you know, as of today to sign with Georgia in February and, uh, and enroll in the summer. Um, and if you're asking me about Deuce, I would say as of the day, I, I think Georgia signs. Yeah. I, I really think, you know, 
as we sit here, December 26th, that Georgia uh, has as as much to to sell and as much to show proof of development for Deuce Robinson as Texas or U- USC, even more so. Nobody has done, in my opinion, what Todd Hartley's done with that uh, tied in group. And also, Jed, I mean, you you cover all uh, Georgia sports a little bit more than than uh, you know Trent and Trent and I do. We're, we're kind of in football, but you're all the time having to help out with basketball, baseball, stuff like that. And I think that there's some traction maybe on the baseball side as well with uh, Deuce Robinson and Scott Strickland and company over there. So, yeah, I think all the programs. I mean, Texas for sure is is one of, if not the premier baseball program in the country. And USC is a historically good uh, baseball program as well. So um, that's something that that Kirby Smart has been open to. Like Ryland Gody was, was kind of double dipping there for a while. Um, I mean, I mean, honestly, honestly, I feel like those things usually turn out. You're going to have to end up picking one or the other. Um, just because football, especially at a at a school like Georgia, is such a full time year round kind of deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that gets brought up in the recruiting process. Says, hey, if you want to try it, we will we will give you the opportunity to play both. So, um, you know, that's something to watch as well with Deuce, a guy who you know he he I don't know a whole lot about baseball um, in terms of the you know, draft. In terms of the draft, yeah, like I don't know exactly what his draft prospects are and how he projects and all that kind of stuff. But um, he's certainly a guy who's got a you know, could have a future in that sport as well if he if he chose to go that route. I, I do right, know right now, and the way the draft works is, uh, uh, you know, with with him not being listed, you know, as a in the top so and so, he's not on like the top one hundred or whatever board right now. Um, some of that stuff gets offsetted by the nil in uh, college now. So, uh, uh, what you could pull in at the draft, um, maybe in the later rounds, is is not as. Um, you know, it doesn't look as bright as as it did uh, back in the day because of the NIL and, and college kids being able to draw in that money. Uh, we got a well. Let's let's address this tight end group. Uh, Paul on YouTube wants to say, ask, what about Walker Lyons? Walker Lyons is going to be a guy whether he ends up at Georgia or elsewhere. Did Walker Lyons? I don't think he signed any, anywhere, right? Because yeah, he did not sign anywhere. Whether but whether he ends up at Georgia or elsewhere, he's really going to be either a 2024 or 2025 guy because he intends to go on a a, a, a mission. Uh, he's 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 a Mormon and he's got to go take care of that first. So there'll be a delay to the start of his college career. Um, Robert Tony Wilson asks, uh, Do you see Kieris uh, and Dom moving on? Uh, and then could Rosemary and Aaron Smith be potential portal entries? Uh, I don't like to speculate on guys being portal entries, um, but in terms of just moving on from the program, I mean, Kiaris and Dom, uh, you know, been around a while. Um, so what do you, what do you think, uh, Trent, when it comes to Kiaris and, and Dom? I mean, Kiaris has got to move on, doesn't he? I don't think he – I don't even know if he's got any eligibility left. <laughs> yeah, I would expect Kyrus to move on. I mean, he almost moved on after last year. So, uh, you know, he came back, um, you, you know, after the national championship, he made the announcement that he was coming back. But uh, I would expect him to move on. Um, as far as eligibility, I have no clue. Like, like we talked about earlier, I don't know have, who, who's what. The, I saw the one guy come back for a ninth year. Uh, so, I don't know yeah. what's happening. Uh, but, uh, Doc. Uh, Dom walked on senior day. Uh, that was a little surprising to me. And it kind of tells me that uh, he, he's really thinking about hard about moving on. Uh, you know, he's had a tough career. 
um, with injuries. And I don't, I still fully don't think he's back up to uh, how, what he was. And I'm not sure he, I'm not sure if he'll ever be back to what he was after the, the, the knee injuries. But um, you know, I, I think, I think as of today, I could, I could see him moving on and, it's hard to speculate on Roseman Jackson. He's, he's received a, a lot of snaps this year. Um, you know, filling in for AD Mitchell, um, playing a lot. Playing a lot. I mean, he, he's played. Uh, him and Ladd are the two receivers that have played the most snaps this year. And and, and you know, there's the receptions don't show for it, but he's been really good in, in, in from a blocking standpoint and, and and everything. So hard to speculate on that one. And Arian Smith, you got you got to uh, think about the track thing too. Um, you know, there's there's um, there's more to go. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that could just go straight track. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what his situation is, and uh, and and we'll see uh, after the championship or after the playoffs run. But um, uh, I think Arian is a guy that uh, I'm not sure he moves on from Georgia exactly, but I don't know what his future plans are uh, moving forward. Now we have a question here about the 2024 O-line, and we're, we're going to talk about 2024 after this question, but we'll just kind of segue into it from our guy, uh, Andy Stowe. 2024 offensive line recruiting, how's it setting up? Uh, you know, it's pretty open uh, right now, Jed, but when you're talking about Daniel Calhoun, that's kind of where it's got to start for you. It's Centennial, like he's, he's a, a big target there. Uh, Cam Pringle, a couple of those guys come to mind. Yeah, I think – from from what we've been told, I think Georgia might see Daniel Calhoun ending up on the inside um, as a guy. So you look at him as an offensive guard and, and Cam Pringle as an offensive tackle. Those would certainly be um, – that that would be a, a pretty strong foundation to an offensive line class. I know Cam Pringle is – every time I've talked to him, he's gushed about – he really loves Stacey Searles. He, he's building a relationship with Stacey Searles, his wife even – um, on his, on his trips to campus, and he's you know he's we were talking earlier about the the leaner, rangier guys that George brought in an offensive tackle. Cam Pringle is a like behemoth. He's like a Clyde's yeah. deal. It's huge. Um, so he he's a little more in the in the mold of a what you would necessarily think of a Georgia offensive tackle the past five or six years. But but George is one of the top contenders for both of those guys. I mean, they've been on campus a lot. Um, made multiple visits, all that kind of stuff. Fletcher Westfall, yeah. Um, there's Jonathan Daniels who camped in Georgia and got an offer. I've got a, um, a what you call it, big board thing up right here. Walt Flynn is a guy who I think is yeah. very high on Georgia. I don't. I mean, he would he would pretty much have to be. Uh, uh, he would project as a center probably. I think Georgia might want to have him see him maybe grow and, and develop a little bit more before things really get super serious on that front. But yeah, the offensive line board is a little. You got those two big guys at the top, and then guys like Daniels and Westfall and, and Walt Flynn below them. And then outside of that, there's still a little uh, sorting out going on. So that's going to be one where it's going to be interesting to watch guys who show up on campus in the spring and summer and, and things really kind of develop from there. You know, Trent, when uh, when you talk about inside, inside, there was a big, big visitor uh, coming all the way out from Seattle with its uh, in. Isandre, I got I can't pronounce his name. Oh, yeah. Isandre Offa, uh, one of those one of those big uh, big Samoan dudes on the inside. And when you're able to to get get guys like that, uh, he's already he's listed at six foot five, six six, north of 330 pounds. Um, and it's just something about you see a lot of a lot of got those guys end up at, at Utah. You see a lot of those guys end up at USC. Um, if George is able to bring one of those guys out past uh, 
east of the Mississippi River over here and uh, and get him landed in Athens, that would be a that would be a huge pickup for Georgia. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think uh, you know that a lot of eyes will be on Stacey Charles this cycle, <clears throat> um, bringing in those, those elite alignment this year that like you're accustomed to with Georgia. And I, I think uh, with him coming in, uh, you know, I guess late. Uh, it wasn't really late in the process, but later uh, than than what George, other staff members had. Um, and, and I thought I think he did a good job. I think he uh, this past class, but um, I think I think Georgia will go out and have a focus on offensive line in this class. I think it's a big thing in this class. To, uh, and, and I know uh, quarterback is another position, but I think quarterback and offensive line are two places that you can't miss at in this class. And uh, and you know Georgia's already Georgia's already got a quarterback committed. But I think, uh, you know, landing a couple of those elite uh, elite guys that we talked about on the offensive line will go a long way to uh, uh, Georgia having one of the best classes they've had under Kirby Smart because I think you you already you already seeing the the skill guys and uh, <clears throat> Georgia's already got a, a several elite players and uh, committed in this class and uh, if you can ask some elite linemen and and um, you know like to. Georgia's in it for that uh, Dylan Riola and uh, and the number one player in the country. So um, looking at the class, it could very easily be one of the top uh, classes that Kirby signed. But I think uh, offensive linemen will be the make or break deal here if you can uh, you know land a couple of those elite guys. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some more 2024 uh, targets here in just a second. I do have to answer PA dog, and I'm not even gonna put it on the screen because this is basically just for me. He wants to know who's the best hardcore wrestler of all time got to be Mick Foley okay if you do if you go in with anybody but Mick Foley or, or Sabu what are those two I'm not I'm not going to give it to you all right now back to the football here when it comes to 2024 everybody uh, knows that Georgia has uh, some big time commitments already Nikar, Landon Thomas, uh, Tavani Mizell all of these guys tremendous skill players on the offensive side of the ball Ryan Puglisi uh, uh, four-star quarterback of course out of the New England area uh, up there, and now all of the rumors, all of the speculation now that Dylan Raola has entered back into the conversation because he's decommitted from Ohio State, and for good reason. Uh, people wanted to jump on and say, oh, well, people thought last week, well, by this time, that, that Dylan Raola would have already been committed to Nebraska where his uncle is, is a coach and his dad is a legend that played there and things like that. I just came on the, on the vault and told people that that's, that's just not the case. That's not what we're hearing in terms of how this one uh, is going to go down. It's going to be well thought through. Um, it's going to be time is going to be taken to make this decision. Nebraska's involved. Uh, Southern Cal is involved, but nobody is more involved in Georgia, and I would venture to say that the conversations uh, that have taken place between uh, Dylan Raola and the Georgia staff are uh, plentiful and maybe even more contact that he had with the entire uh, Ohio State staff even when he was committed there. So I'm just telling you there, there's a lot going on, and Kirby's directly involved in this one. And, Jed, we don't know what this would mean if – you know, for Puglisi and all that kind of stuff, we're not even going to speculate on that. Uh, people want to ask about that because, listen, the, these are guys' decisions and what they have to make, but all we can tell you is that George is definitely involved with Dylan Raola, and they have a really good chance, in my opinion, uh, to, to end up 
end up signing him in the class of 2024. Well, and and, and he was he was really close to committing. I forget when he committed in the summer or whenever that was. I mean, Georgia was was right there um, to begin with, and that was of course right in the middle of the Arch Manning sweepstakes, and that kind of took the uh, took the headlines at the time. But as far as Puglisi, I don't think he's a guy who's the type to to get in his feelings because Georgia's pursuing another guy. I think he he wants to be a bulldog. He's going to stay committed to Georgia. Now, if if Riola also commits to Georgia, then I think. I think you could. I don't think it's a guarantee Puglisi would leave if Riola committed to Georgia, but I don't think you'll see him decommit without Riola committing, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think, yeah, I think, I think Georgia's going to get one of those two guys, whether it's Riola, whether it's Puglisi. I think they end up with one of those two. And either one of those two, you know, you were talking about earlier, Trent, I don't think you don't think Georgia can, can miss. I think it, both of those guys would be considered a hit because Riola has obviously got all the talent in the world, and Puglisi is a guy that, the Georgia staff has prioritized ever since uh, they saw him work out in person. So uh, the staff will be thrilled with either one of those guys. And I think ultimately they're going to land one of them. Yep. Um, I think, I think those two, two of those, uh, they were top two, at least of the uh, top two of three guys on, on Georgia's board. I think Dylan Raiola was obvious, uh, the number one guy on a lot of people's board, but Puglisi was, uh, you know, right behind Raiola. Um, when Raul uh, committed to Ohio State, Puglisi was kind of the next guy that Georgia uh, spotlighted as position. But uh, uh, definitely, I, I I don't think Georgia. This is a case where Georgia is going to go over two. Um, they already have one committed, and I don't think you would see any movement with Puglisi. And I'm not. I don't know if you would see it anyways. Uh, but uh, until uh, Raul, if he did indeed commit to Georgia, uh, then you might. Uh, see some conversations or see him open it back up. But uh, I think, you know, Georgia's not going to go over two in this situation. Um, Yeah, I just uh, – man, I, I – people ask about one of the other – I don't think – I'm. it's not our position to, to come out and say who we would take one or the other. I'll just say this. Dylan Raola, in my, my mind, is a guy that – you have to take a shot on uh, because he's he's that he's that talented, and I'll just kind of kind of leave it there. Not saying that I think Puglisi's extremely talented too, but I just think Don Raul is is uh, it's kind of kind of like, like Juju Lewis. Like yeah, stuff, I mean, you, you have to go after him. It's kind of it's kind of that thing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it it's it's just one that it would be malpractice not to. Uh, so. Uh, Redo Fly, he kind of did some work for us here, and this is what this would be a good way to kind of wrap it up. Mike Matthews, Sammy Brown, and KJ Bolden. Listen, those are the names right there, right? I mean, all in state guys, all guys that Georgia has been, uh, you know, heavily recruiting for years now. Um, uh, Peyton Woodyard, you know, and listen, there we've got future cast in for him. Uh, you know, to Georgia, there's a lot of uh, there, there's a lot of speculation that he could end up in the in the 2024 class sooner rather than later. Georgia, uh, you know, Will Muschamp, Fran Brown, Kirby Smart doing a lot of work out there. He's been to Georgia a lot. Um, KJ Bolden, you know, continue to hear that. Uh, I I think he'll he would end up being on the defense side of the ball. I know that there's been talk about him being a receiver, but and I, I think he would be end up being on the defense side of the ball. What's your what's your opinion, Trent? Yeah, I, I think KJ would be on the defense side of the ball. Um, 
I like where Georgia sits for Peyton Woodward, Woodward and uh, Sammy Brown. Uh, can, you know, there's, there's several schools involved, but uh, uh, Georgia's been there. Uh, Georgia's been in it since day one, and you know, you got to like where Georgia stands and the way uh, Schumann uh, recruits that position. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like where Georgia stands for for all those guys right now. But again, uh, this is too. 2024 guy was talking about long ways to go. Um, you can see Peyton Woodyard uh, announced sooner rather than later, but I do like where Georgia stands for those guys. Yeah, Woodyard's he's got he's committing at the uh, All American Bowl. That's what January. Yeah, January six or something. Let me yeah, check. so so it's it's coming up soon. And then of course when you talk about running back, uh, uh, you know. Uh, Jarek Gibson is a guy that, that you need to know for the 2024 class. Del McGee very heavily involved there already. Could pair him up with Tavani uh, Mizell, and then Anthony Carey is another guy. Jed that that George has been what? Yeah, Scooby. He's they've been recruiting him uh, pretty hard for for a while as well. I think depending on what you see happen at the quarterback position, depending on whatever happens with all this kind of stuff. You know, Zion Reagans is a guy that you need to know um, in the in the receiving class. Of course, they already have Nikar on board, and Landon Thomas is a more of a receiving type tight end. So, definitely some weapons that they're already adding in there. Uh, there's going to be names pop up as we're still, you know, a little bit a ways away from 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 all that. Of course, they have Sakovi White already a part of the class uh, from from uh, Cast. Cass High School. They've they've really done work inside the inside the state here. Um, so, just, just some names you need to know. We've touched the offensive line, uh, defensive line wise. Edric Houston and Dylan Stewart. Those are two names to commit to memory. D- Dylan Stewart's a guy that you need to know. Georgia very very high uh, on on Dylan Dylan Stewart and a guy that uh, from that Mid Atlantic area up there, uh, Jed. That I believe you know Georgia has checked on checked in on any time that they've uh, had a chance to go and do so yeah and and like you said that that board is also a little um kind of like offensive line it's still a little uh what's the word in flux at the moment champ thompson is another guy um from meadow creek that's been in athens a lot nasir smith from modern day heaven brown Schuler is another guy who's in state um so yeah and then and then some of these outside linebacker edge types um, Booker Pickett, Elijah Rushing, uh, Colin Simmons, who at one point was the number one player in that 24 class. Um, so, um, yeah, there's again, it's it's a, it's I like like these 23 guys. There's these the spring and the early part of the summer is so that that's when these boards come into focus because guys come and work out or guys who have offers come and prove why they have offers. A new, you know, if there's any staff turnover. Then, then coaches bring in like offer their like. Remember when Chadari Uzodariba took that job and he starts throwing out offers left and right. All that, all, a lot of this stuff kind of, kind of, um, you know, take shape in the spring. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these boards really begin to take shape over the next probably two or three months. Absolutely, but you will find it all here on Rumors versus Facts, guys. We've went a little bit longer than usual. We appreciate guys uh, jumping in here day after after Christmas here, and uh, I really. Uh, enjoyed you know i guess this is our last one of uh, this calendar year uh probably and then we'll yeah i think yeah so next time we all have one it'll be 2023 um so appreciate all you guys that have tuned in this year if you don't already subscribe turn on notifications uh and you know 
we'll we'll always be here covering UGA football recruiting for you because it never stops uh, for my guys Trent Smallwood and Jed May. I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch all of you next Monday.